from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Tim Donnelly here on 99.9 The Fan. Joining us now, you can uh, see him if you're watching our live stream on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Danny Morrison, the executive director, Charlotte Sports Foundation. They hold the uh, the Duke's Mayo Classic featuring North Carolina and South Carolina tomorrow night. Also, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, Danny, thank you for taking the time. I, I want to start with the bowl game because there's an ACC affiliation there. Are, are, are you excited to bring in uh, Stanford and Cal as a potential future ACC partner? I think I think that's great. Uh, Cal, Stanford, two great uh, academic institutions as well as SMU. So uh, nice, nice three additions for the ACC. Uh, as someone that that obviously pays attention and moves in in the college sports world, uh, how surprised are you by the 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 moving and the shaking that's happened over the last really two years, but over the last twenty four hours when it comes to the ACC expansion? Well, it's just been a change in landscape, as we all know, for the past several years, and so uh, it's not a perfect world; it's an imperfect world, and sometimes you uh, you, you make uh, accommodations to to make all of that work, and so. I think it's three nice additions for the ACC. Uh, we're in a different kind of uh, place right now as far as uh, geography and the landscape of college athletics. So uh, three great uh, three great schools. They also have good academic uh, traditions, I mean, ac- athletic traditions. As you know, I was out at TCU for uh, a number of years as EAD, so I got to know SMU well and uh, I've had friends at Cal and Stanford uh, in the AD roles. One, one of the the bigger uh, sticking points when it comes to expansion, and you mentioned the geography element of it, is is the travel. I, I don't know how much the bowl games work with the teams, but obviously they don't know where they're going to go until the, the bowl selections are made, then travel has to be thrown together. How big of an issue do you think it will be for these teams that are going to be going, you know, they're used to kind of staying on the East Coast, and now they're going East Coast, West Coast routinely. Well, I don't. I don't think that'll be difficult from a bowl uh, bowl standpoint at all. Uh, the ACC already has a tie-in with the Holiday Bowl uh, out out in San Diego, and that seems to have worked well. So I, I don't. I don't. I don't see that being being an issue. Danny Morrison, Executive Director, Charlotte Sports Foundation, getting ready to put on Duke's Mayo Classic tomorrow night between North Carolina and South Carolina. Not a lot of travel there. I mean, every, everybody can drive for for that one. Uh, talk about selecting those two teams. How did that come together? And, and obviously the atmosphere that's going to play uh, Saturday night. We think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, obviously, the border war, if you will. Charlotte's perfectly located. Uptown Charlotte, there's not a better place to come for an athletic event. Uh, all you do is you park your car, uh, great hotels, restaurants, nightlife, and then you walk everywhere, and we're blessed uh, with amazing weather this weekend. So it's going to be a fun time in Charlotte. You have two ascending programs, a lot of interest uh, with the two respective teams, uh, iconic uh, coach and uh, Mike Brown and one of the young superstars, Shane Beamer. So two coaches that are also great people running uh, excellent programs. And when you have game day here for ESPN from 9 to 12, and then you got primetime ABC at 7.30, it says it's a pretty big game. Uh, did did How does that happen? Did you Are you pulling strings behind the scene? Because college game day, 
you know, they only go one place a week, and, and obviously the game and, and the, the programs matter, but but that's got to add a little bit of extra sizzle to the, uh, the Mayo Classic. Well, they've always had a great experience here in Charlotte. They were here a couple of years ago for Clemson, Georgia, uh, which was a festive and a great game, great atmosphere. Both fan bases had fun in Charlotte. Romere Bearden Park, where ESPN sets up, is perfect place to have this near the stadium. You're shooting into the beautiful skyline of uptown Charlotte. Uh, it works out well. Uh, my, my producer for today, Graham, may, may be there with a sign. How early does he have to get there to be on TV? We better get there real early. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say he needs to get there when the uh, sun comes up. His his uh, his eyebrows went up. I'm not sure if we'll get him there that early. Maybe just the sign that he can hold up and, and be over the top of the crowds. Um, Shane Beamer, actually, you, you brought up a kind of an ascending superstar. It's funny because as as Shane Beamer at South Carolina was was establishing himself at South Carolina, I think one of the lasting images is him sitting in the chair getting the, the mayo dumped on him after winning the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Will the mayo be out tomorrow night? The mayo won't be out for okay. the classic game. That's a bold thing. But he was a great sport. Uh, he was the first one that had the mayo dumped and – Actually, Mike Brown had agreed and was excited about uh, that if, if uh, North Carolina would have won that game. So uh, it went viral. Uh, I think it was a good thing for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. I think it was a good thing for Shane Beamer, too. A lot of good uh, play out of that, and it just showed that he embraces fun and embraces uh, uh, things that certainly are a good part of the bowl. And uh, the $10,000 that came along with that for him to donate to charity was nice as well. I, I would love to see Mac Brown getting, getting Mayo dumped on his, yeah. on his, uh, on his head. It just seems, seems like a funny sight. It's, it's a cool little deal. Uh, Danny Morrison, executive director, Charlotte sports foundation, Duke's Mayo classic Saturday, North Carolina, South Carolina, battle of the Carolinas in Charlotte. Uh, Danny, before we let you go, uh, this this might be the most important the, the question I'm going to ask you about the, the Dukes-Mayo Classic and all of the fanfare surrounding it. Uh, Eric Church or Darius Rucker? Both are great. I love oh, both of them. Oh, I see what honorary, you're doing. Honorary captains uh, for the two respective uh, universities. That'll be fun. Darius Rucker will be sending, singing the national anthem, and he's also the guest picker on ESPN. So, uh, it just, again, speaks to the importance of this game and the excitement around the game. And uh, I think we're going to have a great crowd. We've already over 60-some thousand, uh, and it'll be uh, it'll be an electric atmosphere. Danny, we appreciate you for taking time out of the prep to join us. Good luck tomorrow. Hopefully we have a great game. Great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's another game going on, not on Saturday, on Monday, right? We're right in the middle of five straight days of ACC football. Uh, we, we opened it up last night with NC State and Wake. Uh, continues tonight on to the, the Battle of the Carolinas the next night, FSU, uh, LSU the, the next night, and then there's Monday. 
last but certainly not least in the five-day ACC football weekend, Duke hosting Clemson. You hear this a lot about the the preseason or the, even the offseason. You hear it around draft time. Uh, but Duke and Clemson are the definition of, in the offseason, everyone has optimism. In the preseason, everyone has optimism. Both of these teams have a wild amount of optimism, but it's just a different amount of optimism. It's a different kind of optimism. Duke is looking at last year when they won nine games and built momentum, and and their optimism is that they build off of that. Their optimism is that uh, they build off of nine wins and they belong in the upper tier of the ACC. And this isn't your your father's Duke football program. They're They're rising and rising and rising. That's what their optimism is about. That will be tested against Clemson, right? When Clemson comes to town, if you're thinking, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the upper echelon of the ACC, well, Clemson is a pretty good gatekeeper for that, right? They've won the conference seven of the last eight years. Pretty, pretty good measuring stick. Clemson, on the other hand, their optimism stems from this. They're looking at the last two years and saying that the DJ Uyunglele experiment was a a side trek, right? It, it took them off their their trajectory, but they will get right back to their trajectory uh, of winning the ACC and playing in the college football playoff seemingly every year. Now that they've they've gotten back on course with Cade Klubnik, now you could even beat Duke, and part of us might still say, nah, I don't know. That looked a lot like the last two years of of Clemson football, rather than that looked like. The Deshaun Watson, what was it, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence consecutive years where you were in the college football playoff competing for national championships every year. So this is one of those situations where both teams are coming in with wild optimism and and it's possible that both have their optimism curtailed a little bit. I think you're exactly right as far as Clemson could beat Duke and you're still having questions about Cade Klubnick, mm-hmm. about Clemson, about new offensive coordinator and uh and Lincoln, mm-hmm. Riley Lincoln's brother, or excuse me, Garrett <laughs> Riley. Lincoln, but, yeah, Lincoln Riley's brother. We we yeah. we were there. But my question is this: Does that happen because it's Week One and there's jitters if you're Clemson, you know, to defend and champs? Obviously, you know they've been there, they've done that. But Week One's always the hardest, I feel like, to win in college football, and that's why a lot of people feel like Duke has a good chance of winning this game solely because of that reason, and also because of Riley Leonard. Week one on the road is always tough. I mean, you can go back and look at the, the numbers, right? Week one on the road is is not the easiest in the world. And that's why so many times if you're going to have a big game, specifically a non-conference game, obviously this is in conference. But if it were non-conference, you see schools wanting to do it on a neutral field because neither team wants to sign up elect, like uh, elect uh, and, and when they have options to be on the road when it's when it's a, a week one game and you bring up Riley Leonard the Riley Leonard hype is is a big time thing this weekend too right Riley Leonard we, we've talked about this as the the hype has grown and grown uh Dane Brugler who's a, an insider has him as the 28th best overall prospect in in the next year's NFL draft uh the athletic put out their mock draft have him going ninth overall to the Rams um we're, we're seeing this hype ESPN's mock draft had him they did the first round and said one of the sleepers to jump into the first round is Riley Leonard. Uh, 
you're going to be judged based on the games against quote-unquote NFL-level defenses. If Riley Leonard plays well against Clemson, that could put him on the fast track to not being around next year for Duke and declaring early. And I think you're going to see a better connection this year between Leonard and his receivers. I did my homework. I wanted to impress you, Tim, filling uh, in today. It. I love it. When he interviewed Leonard back in July, he discussed how he's been constantly communicating this offseason with his receivers, walking through their progressions, and even asked him how he can help them better understand the route. So I believe this season you're going to see a lot more of chemistry yep. with his receivers this year. And then that goes both ways. There's a big moment in a college quarterback's career where it's their program, no doubt, right? Like Riley Leonard was a first-time starter last year. You're, there's a lot of focusing on yourself when you're a first-time starter. Cade Klubnick last year was went into the year as a backup for DJ Uyunglele. But by the end of those two seasons, by the end of their seasons last year, the program was theirs, right? It was it was Cade Klubnick's program, and it was and it was Riley Leonard's program, which means all off season, right? They're the ones texting the 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 receivers, hey, let's throw today. Hey, here's when we're playing seven on seven. Hey, what are you doing? Let's make sure we're getting here, doing that. Let's watch film, and and those things matter. So actually, both of these quarterbacks have the advantage of they've been the guy all off season, and. and even if Riley Leonard was the expected starter a year ago, even if Riley Leonard was was expected to to be the guy, now it's a different level, right? Now you're you're an NFL guy. Now you are a returning stud with 20 touchdown passes and six interceptions and 13 rushing touchdowns and everything else. And he's also expected to lead this offense. He also said how Mike Elkins pretty much has just turned the keys <laughs> over to him this season, which is a great feeling. Is yeah, is allowing him to just you know handle checkdowns, handle what he wants to see, handle the play calling. So it's going to be interesting to see how Riley Leonard, how comfortable he is facing against the, I don't want to make it a, uh, a David and Goliath situation. Definitely not. It's going to be interesting to see how he feels and how comfortable he is at home going up against the juggernaut of the ACC in Clemson primetime Monday night on ESPN. And, and that's, that's a, probably a new feeling for Duke a little bit, right? The fact that it's not a David and Goliath situation and they're going up against the number eight or nine, depending on which poll you look at, team in the country. Right, it's it's very much like a test for Clemson, and and that is not something that that Duke's been used to. Right, they're so used to being, uh, you know, laying in the weeds and every wins an upset and and all these sorts of things. If if Riley Leonard plays really well and they they stick with Clemson, I'm not going to sit here and act like my my socks were blown off. Right, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's something that is so outside the realm of possibilities that that I'm uh, flabbergasted by how it even took place. So so. You know, that's a feather in the cap of Mike Elko, what he's done in the year and a half since he took over. But that's also comes with new expectations, right? We're not going to be impressed if you're hanging around in the third quarter. We, you know, if you're hanging around in the third quarter, the expectations become that you you try to try to win that game, which is a, a, a different beast, like we like we said. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.